Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am so glad you guys joined us. You know, I was just sitting here with my guest, Tim Trenum, who's a cook at and chef and he says the chief cook and bottle washer out at the mission, and Steve Gasser, who's the voice of KFIA and friend and all those kind of things. And, you know, the reason I bring this up is we were just talking about old television shows that we saw when we were kids, old commercials that we still remember the themes to. And sometimes when we get to these things and we start reminiscing on the good old days— and we look at the way things are in the world today, we become a little bit sad, don't we? We think it's not like it was when I grew up. And I would say you're right. The The whole idea is that nothing is ever going to stay the same. Nothing is going to be constant excepting one thing, and that's God. Jesus is the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be tomorrow. The word is immutability, that God does not change. He's not a man, which is a good thing because he has said if if you believe in his son and in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. When we turn from our sins and, and we, we are face-to-face with God, after he has called us and we answer that call, then that's a one-and-done thing. He has secured your eternity, and no matter what the world changes like, he's never going to change. And it's a good thing, because if he could change like a man does, he might change his mind about what he did for us. He might think it was too much to sacrifice his son for folks like us. And so I think if there's any encouragement that we can gather is, No matter what the storm clouds do, no matter what it looks like exteriorly to your world, if you are in Christ Jesus, it's never going to change. And no matter what comes down the pike, no matter who comes down the pike, no matter who's elected, what government's in, what part of the world you're in, if you're in Christ Jesus, your eternity is secure. So, Having said all that, I really wish that there was more that I could encourage you with, but if you're in Christ Jesus, it's he that's the encouragement, and if you're not, my encouragement to you is seek Christ first. So, Timothy. Sir. His, see, his name's Tim, too, so you know I can always remember what it is. But so, you had Tim first. I had Tim first by two days. No, I am I am older than uh, Timothy. I'm even older than Stephen. Tim keeps telling me older than dirt, but uh, I'm not quite that old. But at any rate, Timothy, tell me, uh, how'd you ever come to the mission? Just to elaborate on what you said, you said that Christ never changes. That's right. But thank God he changes us. Amen. That's right. You know? We're, we change through him, and that, I feel, is a blessing. And I can state that because 
I came to the Union Gospel Mission over 13 years ago as a functioning alcoholic. Um, I worked every day because I had to drink every day. That was my sole purpose. Um, The wreckage I left behind is immense. The things uh, and relationships and friends and girlfriends and just people in general, I had no regard for them. All I had regard for was to get to the bar, go to work, get off work, get to the bar, and do it all again the next day. And that was my existence. That was my life. I didn't know anything but that for many, many years. Um, I was asked one time, when's the longest period that you can remember you drank every day? And I can remember six years. I don't think I ever missed a day when I didn't drink. And to say that now, I look back at that and just the person I was then, I no longer want to be that person. I no longer care to be that person. And the amends that I had to make to many people has been immense. But it is God who changes us. I mean, when you get to a point to where there's no other options or no other choices. You fall to your knees and you scream out to the one person you know that can help you, and that's Christ. It isn't your friends. It isn't your wives, your girlfriends. We got one person that we can always count on. We were speaking on faith earlier. Yeah. You know, we can say faith, but, you know, a lot of times it's hard to actually put forth that faith. Because we're men, and you know, yeah. to to totally abandon the position of controlling something uh, was very difficult for me. So, I think as time went on and I came to the mission, there was a place that I could just get into safety and work on myself and try to be a better person. I was raised in church. Um, And so I knew that some of the options that I was looking at prior to coming into the mission, I couldn't do. So coming into the mission was truly a blessing. And everything from that day to the day I'm sitting here has nothing been but a journey and a blessing in God's transformation, transforming me into, I feel, a godly man today. I see things through the vision he now has given me versus the vision I thought I had for the world, for situations, for myself. Um, Just totally been blessed. I'm forever grateful for the opportunity to be at the mission. Um, I love helping people. I've always been in that type of field, customer service, uh, yeah, I worked for the airport helping people, and um, the mission just was a fit for me, you know. But it was only a fit for me once I got my head straight. And my head straight is that nine months that program gave me to focus on me, to to get close to Christ, Amen. to rebuild that relationship, a proper one, the one I'm supposed to have with Christ, not the one that different religions have shared with me but a true knowledge of Christ and what he wants for me. Yeah, I was talking to someone just the other day, and I said, okay, let's even stop all the denominational talk for a minute 
And I said, what are you relying on your eternal destination for? Is it on what a man can tell you? Is it what a church has said to you? Is it a statue? Is it is it confessing something? What what on what basis if you're standing before Christ and you want to walk into heaven if this is how it were, how would you what would you say that you were a member of this church? Uh, a higher up? Whatever the case is, and the reality is, there's only one thing that ever saved anybody, and that's relationship with Christ. Amen. And you, uh, when you gained that relationship with Christ, you were an alcoholic, you were of no use to your family or, or anybody else, right? That's correct. And by the way, I'm not putting this on him, because prior to Christ, I was of no use to anybody either. What I am saying is that uh, Timothy, and I don't mean to be... Uh, Overly personal about this, but Timothy just lost his sister. She died uh, uh, two days ago. And uh, the reason that I'm bringing her up is because the unlikely evangelical approach was that this guy who was once an alcoholic and far from the Lord was able to articulate the gospel message to his sister before that time ever came Will she be in heaven? We we don't know that. But it was the same way with my dad. I don't know where he's at, but the wonderful part is I don't know where he's at before I knew where he'd be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say in your life that was an opportunity, wouldn't you? It was a it was a great opportunity because she came from where I came from, and. I all I know is God put on my heart is to pray with her, and I didn't get a phone call. I didn't get a phone call, so I just finally took a chance and called my other sister. And by luck, she was at the hospital with my sister, so I was able. She, I said, put put me on speaker, put the phone next to her ear, and let me pray. Mm, so yeah. I prayed with her, and she understood. And I asked her some some questions to see where she was at, and. She she was very coherent when I was praying with her. So I thank God that opportunity yep. was given to me because yep. our relationship was strange for so many years, estranged for so many years. But that was just God working in my life as well because I had to make amends with a lot of things and forgive a lot of things that I had no control over, you know. Mm-hmm. What people do to us, we have no control over. What we can control is, do we forgive them? Because Christ wants us to forgive everybody, you know, and to love one another, you know. And uh, I forgave her, and I told her, I forgive you. I said, but can I pray with you? And she said, yes. And I was able to pray with her, and my soul was at peace because it might not have been that that locking bridge to put our relationship back together, but— it was that opportunity that I can tell I love her through Christ. You know, which brings up an interesting point. So many people hold grudges and they hold these things and their relationship with God is stunted because they can't forgive somebody. And so when people have asked me, well, I just can't forgive my brother, or I can't forgive this ex-wife or this ex-husband, No, that's not true, because forgiveness isn't an emotion. 
It's an act of the will. I will forgive this person. I do forgive this person. And you guys have probably heard me say it before, but I believe Corey Tinboom giving a lecture on forgiveness one time had a guy walk up and stick out his hand and say, Corey, I know that God has forgiven me. Can you forgive me as well? And she's looking into the face of a prison guard in a Nazi concentration camp that she was in and uh, where so many of her relatives died, and she did not feel forgiveness, but she acted upon it. She said, I forgive you. She said that afterwards, the feeling of forgiveness came, but first came the act of forgiveness. So when you tell me you can't forgive somebody, no, you will not forgive somebody. You can forgive them. I'm not asking you to feel it. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to do it. Yep. And so God has commanded us to forgive. I mean, how do how do so many of us start our days? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here it comes. Give us this day our daily bread. And and what? Forgive us our trespasses. As we? Forgive those who trespass against us. Right. And so the bottom line comes down to that so many, so much of what the, the uh, Bible tells us to do, it first it makes, we have to come to the decision to do that and follow what God has said. Okay, Lord, I don't see down this dark corridor, but you've said to walk there. I'm going to walk there by faith. Amen. I am going to obey. I love whoever first said it, but they said, do what God has told you to do and leave the consequences of that to him. Amen. And isn't that true? Absolutely is. I mean, our whole life, you know, and like I was saying earlier, it's, you know, practicing faith. We'd rather go down that road that's really familiar. We know where all the potholes are. Yeah, we know turn go. right, turn sure. left, move here, move there. But when we're going down that new road, the road of Christ, we don't know where those are. That's right. So we have, we're have we going down those blinds. So who do we depend on? Who do we put our faith in? Christ. If you're a believer, i got to believe Christ is going to take me down this road. He's going to steer me left, right, around these potholes, around these ditches. And But it's allowing him the opportunity to do so. And by doing that, you have to be saved and believe in him. That's right. And sometimes the things we walk through are not things we want to walk through. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody that says, man, I'd sure like to suffer today. Mm. But that's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say you have to want to suffer. It says that if you're crucified with Christ, you'll be risen with Christ. And so... We he suffered, and there are times we will suffer, right? Absolutely. And sometimes that path looks so unclear. When Olga went home to be with the Lord, uh, it was it was crazy. It was, I mean, it wasn't crazy manic. It was crazy. It always seems like those things happen to somebody else, and so when they happen to you. I think no matter how long you've walked with the Lord, you're unprepared for that moment. But thankfully, he is true to his word, and he 
said what? I will never leave you, nor I will never you, forsake you. Nor put more on you than you can handle. Yeah. Uh, he'll Well, he said he'll never be tempted beyond that. But the bottom line comes down to that if we can let go and rely on the direction God has for us, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? No, it doesn't. There's going to be learning experience and growing pains just like in anything else. You know, everything is going to be by practice. Sometimes I ask God, okay, why? Why is this? Yeah, I don't understand I this. don't understand it, but you know what? I don't understand it right now. A few days down the road, I say, hmm, Okay, now I'm kind of getting the picture of what I'm supposed to be learning here. You know? And maybe sometimes you never learn. And you don't, but... Job never knew what the whole thing was about. Like, yeah. But, you know, I, and that's why I love what he said, you know, yea, though he slay me, yet will I follow him. You know, one of the greatest statements that I love to hear it, and I've heard it a million times, I guess, is, I still believe. Mm-hmm. Because... When you still believe, and I mean belief in in the uh, sense that that you are walking with Christ and you're trusting in Christ, not simply I believe that Jesus was who he said he was, but I'm trusting in him. And so we don't know how things are going to work out physically, but we can rely on how God is going to take care of things eternally, right? Exactly. He's got a he's got a home for us, you know. So everything that we try to do today should be to glorify Him, to prepare to go up there and have our jewels in heaven, as you know the Bible states. You know, I, I work really hard, really diligent. I glad I have opportunities to see God working. I have the opportunity of working in a uh, uh, a mission to where I can see God working each and every day on one acre. We have we deal with the, the homeless guests we have and the opportunity to see them getting clothing and showers and then the women getting showers now and clothing and people getting fed every night. I just I I rest in the peace that that's what God has us to do and we're following that. You know, and it just brings me much joy. It feeds me to know that I'm a little bit a part of that. You know, and God yeah, chose me, me. God chose me out of everybody else to be able to do that and get those blessings. It's, it's joyous. It's joyous. You know, uh, speaking about that, we have the women are now being able to shower at the mission twice yeah. a week. And in addition to that, there's biblical counseling that's going on. And so Tim has graciously, you know, we wanted to be able to take those women that are in the Bible study and in the uh, that are being counseled and let them have lunch too. So it meant a few more, five or six extra miles to feed on those two days. But Tim has stepped up to the plate and done that. And there are blessings that are involved in that. And, you know, it, what so many people don't understand is it's not a one-time thing. You go out, here's the gospel message, and so I've given it to you now, and it's okay. Sometimes people need to come, they need to be counseled, they need to be guided, 
And then when God calls them, they need to accept for sure. However, the bottom line is it's not just a one-and-done thing, is it, Tim? Not at all. How about with our guys? Is it a one-and-done thing with even the people on the street? No, you have to be ready. I had to be ready. It took what it took. But God knew that I would go through all the things I did, and he knew the day I was going to say, okay, Lord, take me. So you related a story to me earlier, and uh, (laughs) we won't use any names, but somebody was complaining about, you know, getting put out of the mission, and and you you said to him, brother, you're you're drunk right now, (laughs) right? Yeah, as he was complaining, I said, (laughs) they probably asked you to leave because you're inebriated and you have to be in control to come on the property. I said, I can't have you in here with females and kids and stuff out in the front lawn and you cussing and you can't do that. Right. You know, so yeah, you have to, matter of fact, you have to leave now too. Right. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that that's, that he can never come back. No, love him. Because you've dealt with him for years. Yeah, love, love him and love him and he'll be there again. But hopefully God will work to a point where he says, you know what, I'm done. So I just look forward to that day where he just comes in and says, I'm ready. You know, we've had a few guys that have come on the program repeatedly and failed repeatedly, and then one time they come on and it all falls into— it isn't fall into place, it's placed into place. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we had a guy that, that went home to be with the Lord. He had come through the program several times— he finally heard the call of God, and, and he was at the mission uh, and finally worked there, named Myron, and he, he fortunately uh, went home to be with the Lord, but it took quite a while in his case. It did. You know, you, know, you and, were a one and done, though. Yeah, I was. But, you know, thank, thank God that he doesn't give up on us just one time. Oh, Please, let me, let me express something to you. We're almost out of time for this segment, but I've got to tell you that if God gave up on us, not only since I've been saved or before, but since, well, how, when did we come on the air? <laughs> exactly. There's always something that could separate us from God. If you want to talk about sin, and if you try to tell me that you've reached sinless perfection, really— because your, your haughtiness in saying that proves that you haven't reached there. Uh, because in every, it's so many things we do, we still stumble, we still fall, or maybe that's yeah, a wrong analogy. We jump, and we run, and we hide, and we do what we ought not do because we want to serve our own little kingdom, right? Exactly. Instead of God's kingdom. But here's the good news. He doesn't just say, well, I've had it with you guys. Forget about it, right? <laughs> we got one minute. Anything you'd like to say to our friends and donors oh, out I'd there? I'd just like to thank each and every one of you that contribute to the the Union Gospel Mission. I believe we're doing the work of the Lord. I believe we're doing good work, and it's all because of you and your generosity. You know what? God places his hand on the mission. He places his hand on you guys to, to uh, support the mission, and I appreciate it, and I really do. We pray for you guys, and— and without you, it wouldn't be possible to do these things. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a lot of gigantic donors. We have a lot of donors who are gigantic in their hearts and giving. Amen. 
So as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.